out there? Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's the mix. Powered by the Mayo Media Net and presented by Jock Market. Download the brand new fantasy app for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first hundred bucks for free. And if it's free, it's for me. All right, everybody. Rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only pod. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask you for that cartoon finger on YouTube, but not until I've earned every little digit. It's your host, John Legaza at John Legaza on the Bird app. The big dude with the big mouth from the big Apple, big Johnny Stud coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York. As always, we are coming out the chair as always. All right, man, we are getting into this NFL season. I love it because the data is beginning to pile up. I've always made my bones in this industry doing game-by-game breakdowns. We're going to get to that at the end. If you're unfamiliar or new, welcome aboard. Thanks for showing up. The feedback, the interaction has been excellent, and we're about to put on a clinic and show you why we are doing things absolutely differently than the rest of them. I mean, listen, when you roll with me, it's, it's bound to get a little weird. We're doing the three pillars of profit here, so we're starting with our blue chips, though these are the top projected players by Run the Sims. Then we're going to do our penny stocks, that's our value segment, where we take those projections, compare it to the price, and do a little cost analysis with projections. And then I've got a bet for you at the end of the show. Enough of that, we need more of this. It's the fastest show in NFL absolutely anywhere you take that bad boy to the bank we are doing things that entire rooms of writers and producers only dream of because it's the love it's the passion man that's what drives us that's what it's all about remember death taxes sun rising in the east setting in the west and the big dude up before the crack of dawn to bring you this bad boy all right without any further ado let's get up into it for the audio only listeners i'm going to walk you through these blue chips we don't want to spend too much time explaining to you why the good players are good right this is mayo media net the people hanging out here are sharp we're looking to get into the deeper layers of the onion so let's just roll it out there again these are run the sims projections love the work they do check out all of their stuff on the brown side it's nick chubb and jacoby Brissett at 19 and 18 hunt and cooper at 15 and a half peoples jones and Injoku at nine now listen <laughs> projections are what they are and i understand they look for medians i don't think all of these can happen together so that's probably the first thing to deduce from the blue chip side here is if chubb goes for 19 is Brissett really gonna go for 18 can cooper go for 15 when jones goes for nine jones got the big workload week one cooper got the big workload week two i got stung chasing jones but i'm not going to keep going back to the well where there's inconsistency so remember the browns passing game is not great i think it's more of a chubb game and a hunt game always than Brissett or jones ever over to the Steelers side deontay johnson leading the way at 16 and a half followed by Najee harris same score trubisky at 14 15 excuse me, Fryermuth, 14 and a half. Though, quick point to that, don't get hung up on decimal points and projections. Again, these are median outcomes. They describe a range of outcomes. Yes, 15 is higher than 14.5, but you've got to go a little bit further. Again, if you're really into the run the sim stuff, I like to fine-tune the projections, tell the story that I'm looking to tell. Just a 
not to say that it's definitively going to get you to the answer, but I think it will tell your story a little bit better. Again, the stuff they do is fantastic. Then Chase Claypool at 13, George Pickens at 6. Again, all of these things are not going to happen. If Johnson goes off for 16, Fryer for 14, and Claypool for 13, well, Trubisky probably had to go for higher than 15. So remember, these things don't necessarily all have to work in accordance, and I think that's where people can get tripped up, because if you're chasing these projections, you're probably going to end up on the over. Again, really, it's about nuance and context, and not so much about the player names on single slates. For jock market, remember, because the payout is scaled to the ranking, it really matters every little point at the top, because you have to pay for it. Now, I'm going to be really interested in the pricing tonight, as you know, the top share on jock market returns $25, where my top plays, I usually cap out between 8 bucks, looking for no more than a 3 to 1 return. Well, let's say you have a Josh Allen type at to 10 bucks. We have a 2.5 return to be the top player in the slate. There's no one really in this game that stands out. Yeah, I think Chubb does, and maybe Johnson does, but can they both work together? I guess the Browns would have to get up ahead. The Steelers would have to chase and be throwing to Johnson, but of course the passing games are just terrible. So I'm a bit weary on these slates. The total is extremely low. I'm not looking for a ton of action, but that doesn't mean that we can't take advantage of the pricing here and I think that really leads us into the next segment the more important stuff is the value plays especially in a game like this cost I think maybe more than ever gets pushed to the fore we're likely going to get a clumping of pricing in jock market I can't remember a showdown slate like this. Either this is paint drying, this is straight up molasses, Browns versus Steelers, this game could legit end 9-3, to three, right? If we had a game, a favorite game all year to not have a touchdown scored, it's probably this one. When we get into the breakdown a little bit later on, you'll see we've got good defenses, even though Cleveland got beat up by the Jets. I'm not really into that kind of stuff. To me, that's chasing outputs. If you watch that game, Cleveland should have wrapped it up four times over, took their foot off the gas, and unless that happens today, you just can't expect those same kind of outcomes. So I think as far as the blue chips goes, yes, I will be looking for Chubb, price dependent. I will be looking for Johnson, price dependent. I'm off of Harris, off of Brissett. I like Hunt because he plays on both sides. Can't get behind Trubisky. Frymouth has shown some heavy usage, so I think there might be something there. Cooper and Jones, again, if they're expensive, give me the cheaper one because we don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, it's very easy to say, well, didn't you see what Cooper did last week? He's the number one. Well, what happened with week one where they flipped roles? So we could easily see that happen again. If Peoples Jones is very cheap, you can get with him. And Joku, it's been a bit disappointing from a production standpoint. But again, stats are starting to roll in. And you know, I love that kind of stuff. And Joku already has... 127 snaps run, that's a 92% snap share, ran 50 routes, only 6 targets. So the 10% team target share, 12% target per route run, are both a bit lower than we expected. He only has 4 catches for 39 yards on the year, not great, less than 1 yard per route run. Again, these things can step up, but I like to have a quarterback or a passing game before I project advancements in the offense. So anybody like myself that was into Njoku for fantasy teams, I think he might be a drop now, and if not after this game if this don't get it done he is a drop remember don't get too married to those priors all right that'll do it for the blue chips the first segment again that i've been trying to blow right through let's take a deep breath as we head up into the value plays
All right, everybody, we are back with your penny stock segment presented by Jock Market. Download that app. We are doing damage in the Jock Market. And especially, I think my favorite part about Jock Market is losing. And I know, again, I really am that handicapper. Maybe the only one on Twitter that actually loses. You know, these things happen. Again, I think there's more lessons to be learned from losing than winning. It makes us focus more on the process, which again is the thing that I'll focus more on over the long term and looking for gambling gains. Anybody could hit a few props in a week. Anybody could lose a few props in a week, even for a month. But when we get into year over year, unless you're putting yourself in strong probabilistic scenarios, you're most likely going to lose. So again, if you're unfamiliar, really appreciate you. Audio only people, definitely hop on over to the Bird app or on over to YouTube and do the little screenshot thing. I think these images are, one, very impactful because I spend a lot of time making them. But also, the work here, though there are sites out there that talk about cost per point, don't get me wrong, I don't believe anyone is really pushing it to the fore the way we are because then it goes over to the ownership, all of these things up on the graphic. Let's get into it. I've got your best values per run The Sims by projection up on the board and what I've noticed is there is a correlation with salary slash ownership and how that plays into jock market meaning players projected to be low owned I have noticed that translate into low prices so keep an eye in particular when looking at jock market on your DFS ownership those players tend to be on the lower end and in a single slate but there's only so many players that are going to touch the ball one catch, a point or two, can be the difference in a few dollars return, which if you also spent less could be the difference in making 80 extra percent return on investment. So jock market head on a swivel, always really important. Remember, DFS, these prices are stagnant. Some of the context and I think an application that you get here with us that I, I really haven't gotten anywhere else and I just spend every minute of every day sucking up content while my kids are watching cartoons. You know, that stuff will just hurt your brain after a while. Right, so obviously there's only two QBs. It's Brissett and Trubisky. Brissett with the higher projection, 18 to 15. The salary's extremely comparable, 8.8 to 8.6. And I think that's reflected in the cost per point. And if you've been following along with the show, again, the thing I wanted to mention about this work is the reason you want to get over and see it is so when you do it on your own, you become familiar with the pricing. It's really kind of funny. We've had top-end quarterbacks project for less than $300 cost per point. That was Jalen Hurts. That even though he was 11 k the projection was so high that the cost per point was viable. Brissett, Trubisky, these projections are low and the salary is kind of high. So when you end up anywhere near $500 cost per point, you've really got to have the antenna pop up. Make sure you get over to the ownership where the numbers are a bit low, 29 and 34 respectively, for a showdown, which are pretty low. So it does make them viable, but I worry about the top side on both ends. I think if I had to choose one, it probably would be Trubisky. I think the Browns pasty is a little more porous. Again, we'll get into that in a second. So not much value to be had with QBs. This really is a yucky slate completely. But again, that doesn't disclude us making money in jock market. Into the running backs we go. 
It's Kareem Hunt as the best projected value below $500. Chubb over $625. Harris near $600. So we can dive into that. Quick Hunt projected for 15.5 at 7.6. Love that with the 32% own. I think he's a must own today in DFS. Chubb at 19 points for 12K. He's really the pivotal thing. The problem is the 55% ownership. So he has to play up to that Salary, which again, being very high. So remember, cost per point has two elements to it because it's a value metric. You also have to see the total. So a high cost per point might be more palatable if the total is low, if you think you can go topside. The problem with Chubb is you're paying up for every bit of that and the field is on him. So to me, Chubb is the fade today just because of ownership, cost per point, and total salary. Again, a bit more of the calculus. Najee Harris projecting for higher than Hunt with a salary that's like 30% higher than Hunt as well. We see that reflected in the cost per point. Ha Harris, nearly $600 per point at a 54% ownership. Hunt, equal projection, 493 cost per point, 32% ownership. So again, there's a bit of the how we work our way across the board. Hunt, 49 greater than signs over Najee Harris. I think, let's say he's trash. I think he's hurt. I don't think they scheme correctly, and they're just struggling. Trubisky's not very good. It's quarterback play generally at the center of my analysis. So the running back room I think is pretty easy there. Give me Hunt all the way. The wide receiver room, David Bell popping like crazy. I happen to lower my point parameter on Run the Sims. I normally do four points because generally there's more than like eight good players in a game. Well, today there weren't. So David Bell popped up and projecting three points at 1.4 salary. His course per point was viable. The thing is the four percent ownership, but he's only gotten one target. So I think in showdowns, he's the guy that gets you to Chubb if you're sold on Chubb. Other than that, I don't know, it's just so very low, but if he scores a touchdown at that ownership, you have a chance of cashing. So I think that's where the showdown strategy, this matters maybe more than jock market. Bell would truly have to be near the min price. No one ever ends up there on the showdown because it's being that it's based on rankings Right, the top player, regardless of score, gets $25. So if this is a 6-3 game, there's no kickers, no defense, you could score five points and be the top player. What that means is when this creates that clump in the middle, that bell curve, every little tick matters. And that extra carry being separated at the cost is really how you get paid in jock market. So unless Bell is really at the bottom because people don't let him get there, I don't think I'd even pay two bucks for him. Wide receivers we go. It's Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Peoples-Jones. Claypool, 13-3. Projection, 6-2. Salary, 4-66. 31. Ownership is okay. I'm looking more at Johnson. So even though the salary is high, the cost per point, 466 is comparable to Claypool's four um is comparable right to the 466 i'm sorry i was looking at people jones and johnson so claypool start again i'm sorry claypool 13-3 projection 6-2 salary 466-31 ownership that's good i'm sorry i i got skipped look trying to do too many things at once johnson 17 point projection 9-2 salary 550 cost 26 ownership again the ownership being the last kind of thing that cherry on top makes him viable as well Donovan Peoples-Jones, 9-point projection, 54 salary, 593 cost per point. So cost per point, he's actually higher than everybody short of Nick Chubb. And I think that's the point of this exercise. People 
I think, erroneously assign the word value to a low cost. Seeing 5.4, this guy could score, that's value. No, because we have run the Sims projections, you need to put that into the given. You must not ignore expectation. It's more than price in these games. Price is tied to expectations, which gives us the rate of expectation. So Peoples-Jones, expectation rate is way too high. The ownership is low, but we do know he's capable of the goose egg. I know he got that end zone target, but... And I wanted Jones that game, too, so I'm not really knocking him. The volume is there week one. We've just seen a pass game that can't support multiple people. That is also going to be volatile, means what? We're going to be head-scratching and pull our heads out, our hair out, if we're trying to back these guys with real money on the line. And then Amari Cooper pulling up the rear 15 Point projection, very similar to Johnson. 9.4 salary, very similar to Johnson. 6.10 cost per point. A little bit higher than Johnson, but again, close. If you don't want to overreact to even 30 or 40 bucks, anything less than 10%, I think. 10% is probably actionable. With the 31% ownership, a lot higher than Johnson. So I think if we weigh them, those two players next to each other, you got to give me Johnson, because that's going to be a really tough decision, apples to apples. It's also possible with these very focused passing attacks, that a wide receiver gets there without the quarterback. So remember, yeah, that is a certainty that you must keep in mind. If you know 80% of the production is going to one wide out, the quarterback could still hang a buck 85 and have them go off. In fact, I think that's what happened to the Browns last week. Then the last value play for tight end would be Njoku, projecting nine points at 5.2 DK bucks, 571 cost per point, 15% ownership. Very muddy here. Very muddy as far as cost per point. There really isn't any projections, and I think uh, any projections, any standout value here. For me, it's Kareem Hunt then. When we find that mass in the middle, the blob, give me the combination of everything. Hunt has the low salary, Hunt has the lowest cost per point, and he also has a low ownership percentage at least compared to the general field. So for me, Hunt is the real standout. We're going to be checking his price out in jock market for sure. He's probably more of a 6 to $7 player for me. I will absolutely get on that. If he cracks that $8 mark, it'd be hard to make him 3 to 1 for the best player in the game because, again, it's Johnson and Cooper and Chubb. The math always more important than our own priors. So, boom. I think, hopefully, there was a lesson in there that you could use, not only for today, but going forward. Maybe even in life, and trading, and when you're, sh when you're shopping. Which is funny, that's like one of my most favorite things to do on Earth, is save money without taking a loss. Meaning, yeah, anybody could save money by buying inferior products. Again, that's not value, right? There's the tie-in to how lower price is not necessarily value. You could pay less, but if you get Ugatsa, and you get nothing around here... A was a loss. If you pay, overpay, and don't get enough, it's a loss. So what's that mean? Cost is not value. It's that relation. So I like to underpay and get big returns. Boom. Press the like button. Put your cartoon finger inside me. Feel free to get up in the comments and tag Patty Mayo on social media and let them know how ridiculous this show is. Seriously, I don't think anybody crams more shite into their show than I do. But that's kind of the point, right? We only go around this earth one time. Let's have fun on a carousel when we do it. So that's the penny stock segment. Make sure you download the Jock Market app, rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod if you'll holler if you hear me. All righty. Let's uh, take a quick breath.
All right, let's get into some betting, everybody. The, I want to be very clear about this now. So because I have launched the Patreon page, which it's free for through the end of September, so we have another week. I do the CLV model, it's baseball props, the MLB model, all the full betting tickets, games, lines, totals, and props. I more particularly, I like alt props because I think when players clear a prop, they clear it. And the odds don't match that probability. So those are in the black on the season. And I think with good reason, we're hitting two f- plus 250 player props. So anyway, this stuff is very early in the day. We have news to come out. The last game on Monday, we were on Kyle Phelps for the Titans. But it's so early in the day, they mentioned... The shoulder was really barking, and it was slowing him up in warm-ups. you got to pull the plug on these people, so please think of these as our leans. These are our first looks. Then you can hit us up on Twitter, social media, comments, and the like to let us know if we're pushing it forward. My Twitter handle, at J-O-H-N-L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A, is the streamline for all of my work. Again, as baseball and football happening at the same time, there's a massive overlap. But it's really, really important to me that I don't just put out stuff and people bet it and I don't. That's not how I roll. If you're into my work, you know I'm transparent to a fault. I I had a losing season in MLB. Though, because of the way I manage risk, I never get killed ever in betting that's why i'm in the market year after year after year betting every single day because my plan is so properly managed that being said betting nfl is really really tough and i think you want as much information as possible so when we put stuff out here i'm going to preface it as much as i can this bet i'm not live on yet though i am eyeing it we've seen the price move away from Pittsburgh, so the audio-only listeners are, that's what they call a teaser. I've got Pittsburgh at plus 4.5. I really struggled with the player props. They're all very low. I had my eye on Hunt receiving yards, on Deontay Johnson receiving yards. We may end up hitting that alt prop again. You can get a number one with the heavy target share, plus 165 to get 60 yards through the air. I just think you have to go with that. But... I was feeling a little cowardly this morning. I like to make those plus plays part of a broader ticket. So again, we're in a sustainable situation to profit. There are a lot of fake, phony touts and handicappers out there. I really feel like the people at MMN are smart enough to sniff them out. I'm new here. I'm also kind of new on the betting scene. I found some prominence. Again, I'm a featured guest on VEASAN's numbers game. You know, so I'm making my way into this betting space, and it's important, not say reputation, but I want my reputation to precede me. People know if I bet it, it's because I researched it, and if I told you I bet it, I have money on it, and if I told you it's just a lean, it's just that. So give me Pittsburgh, plus 4.5. Let's dive into it, do a little bit of game recap. We have a little bit of time here. I'd much rather spend our time on this than the blue chip guys. I think that was a bit of a, not say a waste. Good players do good things. You know, let's get into why we might expect it. Love the fact that stats are out. Stick with me. I got them all. What do we have here? A bunch of mishmash after two games. I think people chasing statistics are going to get in trouble looking to attack the Steeler defense. 
They've allowed maybe a league worst 80 plays and 404 yards per game. Those are both near the bottom of the board. However, it's only five yards of play. They're allowing a ton of plays. They're allowing more than three minutes and 13 seconds time of possession allowed on defense. That's atrocious. Flip side, Browns leading the way in time of possession per drive because of the way they run the ball. Browns have a 34% rush DVOA near the top of the board, a better than five yards per running back attempt. But the Steeler D is not bad. They've had a lot of plays run against them, and that's jacking up totals, which I think is throwing people off. The run defense for the Steelers is very good. They have a minus 6% DVOA. Remember, on defense, you want the negative. 4.2 adjusted line yards. 129 rush yards a game. Sub-4 running back yards per attempt. The Browns are going to look to do the thing they do. Pittsburgh is going to be stacking the box. The Pittsburgh defense is very good. According to PFF, they have green across the board. That's incredibly difficult. They may be the only team that, that has that. You know, maybe short of short of Buffalo, and if not, even Buffalo's run defense is marked at below average. The Pittsburgh defense is green across the board, above average, run defense, tackling, pass rush, coverage, and overall D. That's why you see the number on the board, because I like the defense up against a bad offense. I guess people are looking for a bounce back spot from the Browns against the Jets. I just don't think football works that way. They had their opportunity to win and they blew it. What am I looking at on the Browns? It's these terrible, terrible pass. Oh, only 20 completions a game, 179 pass yards per game, six pass yards per attempt, nine yards per completion. Just atrocious, atrocious, atrocious. Well, not to be outdone by Pittsburgh. I mean, these numbers are just laughable. 172 pass yards per game, less than five yards per attempt, eight yards per completion. So what does that mean to us? We're going to get a slop fest. We're going to probably get an under, though I just can't go under 41. That totals at 38. I can't go under 38 just because happenstance could get us there. Right, one muffed punt will throw off the entire formula. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm seeing lots of slop, sluggish offenses. Lots of running. Give me the defense and give me the, the points. I think I might have liked this one at plus three. Again, I am doing the CLV model. You can follow it on Patreon. Again, John Legaza, NFL, MLB moving averages. I try to use the same handles. It's a 100% free. Go check it out. I think it's when we launch next week. It's only it's going to be, I think I'm going for $2 a week. You know, I really wanted to add value to people. Even the smallest, better I think even if you're like a $10 better, $2 a week for the way we're reading the tea leaves, and we've been so incredibly accurate. In fact, I've been so accurate at predicting half-point line moves, it's pissing people off, which that's how you know you're doing you're doing really well. What we're doing, again, people, is this is why this stuff matters, and more important than the stats in football. The way the market is treating these things, remember most of these games are played around even. Is This one, I just think the line is broken. But that being, you know, that aside... The, the point, you're going to track these prices. So what we do is look for volume, which creates movement in the money line. We're using movements in the money line 
to define a cost per point on the board. And those pockets of volume end up being a leading indicator oftentimes for line shifts. So that's just the basic preface to working theory of we've been so effective. These are all trading terms. I didn't make this stuff up. I was a derivatives trader in another lifetime. And that's what we did. So I, I didn't create anything. I just kind of looking at the board and thought, wow, this is eerily reminiscent of my trading days. And I wonder if I could apply some of these same techniques, tactics, stratagem. <laughs> and I did. And it absolutely works. So I think this one was off in the first place. The money started going, it's funny, not to say against us because I didn't bet. I think there's another feather in the cap here for your betting people. We're going to earn that like button if I didn't get it already. You have to trail a price. Okay, so man, this is going to get into a longer discussion about CLV that we can't through the entire thing here. Yes, CLV matters. Yes, CLV is effective. But no, it is not absolute. And no, it is not infallible. I'd also mention, I think we need to question or reassess CLV with legalized gambling. People that did not have access to the market now do. Lots of squares that don't know what they're doing. So that could move markets as well. Just something to keep an eye on. Back to trailing really quick and the most important lesson. Okay. I predicted this line would go in the other direction. It didn't. Sometimes being wrong is good. Right? Because I, I knew I wanted Pitt. It was plus three, I think, at one point even. Three and a half. I want to trail that price. If I see it going against me, depending on my own analysis, I'm generally not thrown off by pricing. I just, I don't want to say I don't care about COV, but I, I don't like that, that I'm going to, you know, I had a lean, I had a lock, and I'm going to let the public go against me. No, I'm going to enjoy the delicious discount. So if you like a plus three, forget this game. If you like a plus three, and you see it go to plus three and a half, accept it, you know? reassess your analysis see if you can figure out why it's moved and if you are not sold let the price move three and a half goes to four you say okay a proper trail now this is the final piece if you trail from plus three to plus four you want to stay in top of the critical plus three so you don't just let it run all the way back but since plus four could go to plus four and a half watch the four remain on the sideline remain paying attention if the plus four moves to plus three and a half, now back in the other direction, then you take it and lock in the field goal with the hook. If plus four goes to plus four and a half, all of a sudden you're eating up pure value on a bet that you liked in the first place. So there's just a touch on how being active in markets and paying attention can really help you with this. So that will do the analysis part. Again, lots of slop, lots of absolute filth here i didn't get to the utilization that i wanted to but just something to be careful of amari cooper on the season 81 percent of snaps 28 percent team target share 26 percent target per route run but 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 big shaking butt we've seen how delineated that can be so be careful chasing season-long stats donovan peoples jones the same exact 80.6 snaps run he ran 60 to 61 routes from cooper 12 to 16 targets, 21 team target share, 20% target per route run. And you say, wow, those numbers are pretty similar. We have a 1 and kind of a 180 situation. No, you had all of 1 in one bin and then nada. Then nada and then all of it in the second bin. Remember the nuance and the context as far as splits goes. This is something I'm really going to be trying to focus on people. Watching the trends, watching the usage. 
averages will get you in trouble. I think that's what I was meaning to say. The last feather in the cap for us here at the mix is average is going to get you in trouble. He's averaging 10 targets, you know, 10 targets a game. But if you get 20 in one game and zero in the other, it's not really a 10 average. It doesn't really properly describe it. Now, I know those numbers are a bit off, but sometimes, you know, analogies can be better on the edges. So give us Pittsburgh at four and a half. I haven't locked it in because I'm watching the price. If the public wants to take this to five, five and a half, six, we'll be more than glad to accept it. Now that I'm at plus 4.5, we have some nice run to trail. Meaning I'm going to let it go at 4.5. I may not even smash it until 3.5 because I don't think I have the ability to predict the future of scores to that extent where half points are really going to matter. So I want the price to move. This one could get to six. How great is that? And that's fine. I know some people actually beat themselves up for being on the other side of line movements. And I think you're never going to be on the side of all of them. And CLV, is again, is not infallible. Booyah! Man, that was all of that. Jeez, how much more could you possibly get? Just, just incredible stuff. So make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. If you jump on over to YouTube and you want to see those images, which I highly recommend, make sure you grab the screenshot and press the cartoon finger. That stuff matters way more than it should. And I do really appreciate all of you out there pressing that like button. Our view-to-like ratio is phenomenal, so please keep that up. And if you're really digging it, the best thing you can do is that five-star review for podcasts. Those things just like, man, you want to get me a raise? That's the way to do it. So... Thanks for picking up what we're putting down here on Fantasy Sports, Daily Picks and Bets, and The Mix on the Mayo Media Net. Download the Jock Market app, use the promo code MMN, get that first hundred bucks matched. It's going to be more than enough money to do damage. I would recommend getting the promo and just trading the showdown slate on paper. Get in the market, see how it moves. It's a lot of fun. It's very fast. It's really a lot of fun. Do it on paper. I would have had one share of this player, one share of this player, see how it plays out and if you would have profited. Rather than go gung-ho with live cash into something you're uncertain about. Again, I don't give away advice that I don't think is helpful. Download the promo. You want that cash, that's helpful. You don't have to play the showdown necessarily because we want to have, you know, the experience and the understanding to do damage in the main slate. All right, everyone. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your day. And when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Remember one last thing. When you work this hard, it feels a lot Less like luck, yo.